Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Alex Jones was back in court recently in Connecticut this time after losing his uh, civil case in Texas and being ordered to pay 45 or so million dollars to the victims, uh, so-called victims, the people who had their feelings hurt. Words. Yeah, people who had their feelings hurt uh, because a man that they didn't know broadcasting a radio show that maybe they'd never heard of was talking about them and saying things that probably weren't true, but maybe he believed those things to be true. But the Texas uh, verdict wasn't enough for these families, the $45 million, which apparently there's some rule in Texas that, that limits the uh, the number to a much lower number than but what he could given. actually pay out. Yeah, so the the limit I think is like seven hundred fifty thousand per so called victim. So it ended up being like one or two million or something like that. I think when all was said and done. Well, there's only a couple victims then. Only in the Texas case. Oh. In the in the case that just finished up this week, I think it was yesterday that the news came out. Uh, in uh, as far as Alex Jones and what he is uh, is now facing, he's facing nine hundred and sixty five million dollars in a civil case verdict based out of Connecticut. And apparently the reason they sued him in Connecticut instead of Texas was because Connecticut doesn't have the same restrictions on payouts that Texas does. Just the type of thing that grieving parents who are really affected uh, think about. Money. Yep, money. Well, these ones are thinking about it. And now, uh, you know, nearly a billion dollars. That Alex Jones supposedly has to pay, which of course he doesn't have that kind of money. I mean, he's a successful businessman, no doubt about it. But I mean, the only kind of people that have that sort of money is you know Elon Musk. I wouldn't have folks thought right. of Alex Jones as a billionaire. No, not at all. Uh, his company, the uh, Free Speech, what do they call it? Free Speech uh, F- Systems, I believe, hmm. Incorporated, has gone bankrupt. So that apparently has no money left. And, of course, Alex Jones has, has money personally. It's you know, some amount of it, but it's not going to be $100 million if if anything, probably. Uh, the story here from the DailyBeast.com. Jury decided Wednesday afternoon that InfoWars founder Alex Jones must pay $965 million for spewing lies that the, the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting was a hoax and that the grieving parents involved were paid actors. In a live stream that aired as the jury's verdict was read out, Jones showed no no remorse, instead mocking jurors and the Sandy Hook parents who wept as the damages were read out. 57 million, 20 million, 50 million, 80 million, 100 million, blah, blah, Jones said, according to NBC News reporter. Quote, you get a million, you get 100 million, you get 50 million. Do these people actually think they're getting any of this money? Hmm. Jones well, I hope that he's more serious about this time, because last time he was like, okay, I'm sorry, I won't ever do it again. And it's just like, you shouldn't have to pay a penny to people for free speech in the United States. I agree. And it's not like these people, and I don't know exactly what Jones said. I don't have those clips. I wasn't a listener to his show. But honestly, I don't care what he said. I don't care if he named names of these people and said, these people are fakers or whatever he believed about that. And again, I think the conspiracy theory is is pretty silly, personally. I mean, it's not unbelievable that somebody went and shot up a, a government school. Now, whether the government put him up to it or not is an interesting question. 
whether that person was on uh, psychotropic medications for whatever supposed problems they have, as we've seen with a lot of school shooters, that wouldn't surprise me to find out. Just another case of Ian propping up the government's... Uh... <laughs> the, Ian, the, 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 the government narrative? Yeah, the government narrative. Good going, Ian. Well, look, uh, it, it doesn't seem unbelievable to me. I personally wouldn't go out on the limb that Alex Jones did about this, but he should be free to go out on a limb like that. Sure, why not? And, yep. And he should be free to have any kind of wild harebrained theories. I mean, there were theories that alien spaceships had decloaked and shot down the World Trade Centers back in the day. I mean, I've, I've heard all kinds of wild stuff. What was it called? Project Bluebeam or, or something like uh, that? No, I think, I think Project Bluebeam is supposed to be a thing where they can cast holographic that's, images. That's right. Holographic alien spaceships yeah. or something. There's all... or Holographic planes, I guess, would have been the allegation there. Like the sky but, is holographic. I don't know what it, it covers was. covers up... But, uh, but it was UFOs. ridiculous. I mean, it just seemed ridiculous on its face. But some people believe that stuff. And are we going to now tell people they cannot, if they believe a wild conspiracy theory, that they're not allowed to express that? Because that seems to be what this ruling says, is if you have a platform and you believe something that is counter to the official story and you express that belief and somebody gets their feelings hurt about it. That or they, says that they did. That they, they might not have feelings. They might all be actors. Right. That they then get to take you to the cleaners financially. I just wanted to chime in and just like confirm what's going on with uh, the control of the narrative, because that's that's what's going on with Alex Jones. You know, they're impinging on his free speech because he got shut down from YouTube. Uh, he got shut down from the big carriers. He's not carried in the press. And he has broken a lot of pertinent stories. So this is like the last attack they could get him get to do to shut him up. And this is the world we're living in right now. And this is what we're seeing at the national stage. And those of us that put the effort in to know what Alex Jones is trying to do and what he's gone through just to be able to keep publishing this info and get it in front of us and us to get to that info. But that's, that's literally just the business model of how to control the narrative. And it affects us on down into our own communities. And I'm not trying to turn it towards me, but that's literally what I'm experiencing because I'm a civil activist in a very corrupt district. And this, the state control, the narrative, the, um, the, the media just going along with whatever that narrative is mm -hmm. and not publishing outside of it for fear of reprisal. Um, the, the, the local suppression, I mean, even here in the local town, you know, I'm banned off the local Facebook. Uh, I've gone to help get help from my fellow veterans, and I've been ejected from the Veterans Day event. Wow. Uh, for that. Yeah, it's, it's that bad. I, I'm, I'm following it in a docu-series just to kind of, well, it, it was, it's obviously I, civil activists are made, so I became this way for motive, my own motivation, mm -hmm. um, but to follow this story. But just having lived it, I've been doing it for four years now, and I have more of a presence internationally in Australia than I do here in Gettysburg. Wow. It, it's, so sh they shut long. you out, even though you have a story to tell, even though you've been you know, abused by the system, the mainstream media doesn't want to hear about it because they don't want to be seen as questioning the narrative. They don't want to be seen as outside of the box. They don't want to get cut off from uh, police department press releases and being able to interview the, the mayor and things like that. 
that that's at the individual level. I mean, what about the organizational level? Who owns all of our local news places now? Not people who deliver news. It's the businesses that own those that feed what you're supposed to tell to elect their people mm-hmm. for whatever they got going on in that region. Well, whatever part, you know, bipartisan ploy cult you want to, you know, adhere to, uh, that that's literally the business model of the local news. Well, where can somebody go to find your work? Uh, well, <laughs> good point. I, it's on YouTube, uh, but I'm, I'm just completely shadow banned. Hmm. And, um, like, I'll even have huge auditors. I, I, I'm a medium-sized channel. I have, like, 34,000 followers. But um, the, the big guys in the community, I jumped on to the auditing community because mm-hmm. I was investigating with my camera, you know. So when, when you say the, the audit- auditing community, you mean First Amendment audits, people that go into right. various yeah, different like, government bureaucracies uh, and record video? Correct, because I was having so many interactions with police. I mean, I have half a dozen pullover stops, retaliatory stops. Um, I went in and reported this scandal that I'm following uh, to the police, and they followed my – I had my 74-year-old father drive so that in case they followed us out to retaliate, I could film legally, you know, mm. like just be going off and crazy and, like, what are they going to do to me in the passenger seat? Right. And sure enough, they followed us out of this. It's all on video. They followed – this is a great example. Thank you for asking. So do you have um, an Odyssey channel? No, no, man. And you know what? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I know about the alternative platforms. I'm too small and I'm shadow banned. But um, well, hold on, that, well, no, wait a minute. I don't, I don't think that makes any sense. There's, yeah, there's no such thing as being too small to be on Odyssey. I mean, I, I, as I understand it, they lowered the level uh, of the, the, there used to be a certain minimum number of subscribers you had to have on YouTube in order to get Odyssey to pick up your channel as a, like an auto subscriber, and no, that number has been lowered. It used to be three hundred. I think it's now one hundred or something. So thirty-four like thousand is well above. Yeah, the, you could easily get your right. entire channel imported into the Odyssey platform. I honestly, God, I mean, no, I, no, I can't. Uh, I mean, that that's a cute idea, and I understand. Why it's not? Right, but. I've jumped. I've started so many different um, social media platforms, and had to, I've had them banned. I just got on. Um, I just got on uh, Rumble. It's pretty sus to me. Like the what whole is? thing. Like the whole thing. The way it came together is pretty sus. Like all these. There are no victims. There are literally no victims to make whole. Show me how any of the people you mean he the was ones who got about, their feelings hurt. Yeah, the ones who got their feelings hurt. Show me how any of them. And this isn't even with the with punitive damages included. Nope, that's coming so, next. Yeah. So if there's no punitive damages, so show me how these people lost a billion dollars in revenue. How were they damaged to the point of a billion dollars? pre-punitive damage. The family members, according to the DailyBeast.com, who sued Jones, said they were tormented by strangers who were inspired by his InfoWars webcasts. They argued their harassers were convinced solely by Jones that one of the deadliest school shootings in U.S. history was a massive con. Really? Because the um, conspiracy theory YouTube video that I watched about it that completely convinced me that it was a false flag in high school and all of like everyone in my class was talking about it was not Alex Jones so I don't think solely Alex Jones is the only reason anyone realizes the fakeness that is the fake Sandy Hook's fake shooting fake kids fake parents but Alex Jones has a lot more money than whoever that YouTube person was. So right, so he's better to go after. Jones. But they use the word solely. Yeah, that's what they said. That's, that's true. What they that's had true. to say. 
they said it was a massive con ordered by Democrats to build support for gun restrictions. This harassment added insult to injury for grieving family members, they argued, many of whom had just lost their child to senseless gunfire as they sat in their first grade classroom. You know, they also sued the makers of whatever gun he used and won. They won against the gun manufacturers they, as they've well? Been, they've, sued, they've been trying to sue gun manufacturers for these type, this type of stuff for years. But they actually successfully did? I had not heard that. I think so. I don't want to report wrong. Matt, have you it, heard it, anything it, about I, that? I, it's hard to remember which one belonged to which, but mm-hmm. yeah, a bunch of these types of cases have come against gun manufacturers before. The harassment added insult to injury. Among those who testified against Jones was Mark Barden, whose son Daniel was murdered in the shooting. He said that wackos began flooding his personal website with hateful comments after Jones called the shooting a hoax, calling him a liar and a fraud. Yeah, but it was this year. It says the Sandy Hook family is settled with Remington, making first time gunmaker held liable for mass shooting. That's not the same thing. A settlement is a way to get out of being held liable. But Jones lost because in his cases, he didn't apparently fight it. Apparently, he was found guilty, or not guilty is not the word they use, but responsible or whatever. He, he had defaulted I saw, in these civil cases. I mean, I didn't see this from news. I saw this on Twitter, but somebody said he wasn't allowed to fight it. Okay, I had not they said heard that. In a case where he wasn't allowed to fight back in Connecticut. Well, he wasn't allowed to fight back in this case because he'd already lost the case. So this was a case to determine... The uh, what? Not the punitive damages, but the the other term that I'm not remembering right now. Uh, the other kind of uh, compensation. Restitu- no, I don't know. It wasn't the his some, liabilities. Like that. Yeah, whatever the liability was uh, in this case, uh, the the term con- compensatory damages. So compensatory. So this wasn't a case to decide whether or not he was responsible. That had already been decided in Texas. I don't know if it was the Texas one or if it was Connecticut had a, a separate thing. But as I understand it, Jones didn't show up to court, essentially. He did not make an argument. And so, therefore, they ruled against him. Hmm. I thought he, they weren't allowed. He wasn't allowed to. But No, that, would, I, that just means he can't make that argument in this case because it wasn't a case. It was just a determination, hmm. ultimately, as I understand it. Uh, so, Barden, the guy that said that uh, somebody harassed him on the Internet said further, uh, so again, he got a website comments that called called him names, like liar and a fraud, which we get that stuff all the time. I was about time. to say, when am I going to get a billion dollars then? Yeah, we get that in our chat room every single night on the uh, on the YouTube channel by the same people over and over again. But as far as I'm concerned, they have and, the freedom to say those things. And uh, one could say that the FBI protects people that do that because James Whittakine never got any kind of gotten in any kind of trouble for harassing Mark. Well, he actually threatened Mark and yeah. his family. He he straight up threatened them with violence and he never had anything to you know to do uh, the, the FBI wouldn't do any uh, anything to him. Probably works for them. Harassers soon turned up their hate to another level, said Barden, threatening to dig up his son's grave, which the harassers also claimed to have defiled. Quote, to hear that people were desecrating it and urinating on it and threatening to dig it up. He said, I don't know how to articulate to you what that feels like, but that's where we are. Here's what you do, buddy. You just don't read the comment section. <laughs> it's easy as that. I mean, somebody people can say anything they want on the Internet. That is one of the downsides, if you will. It's also an upside, but it's a downside to anonymity is people, they get to act way uglier than they would normally act to your face. These people aren't going to come to your son's funeral and pee on the gravesite. 
They're not going to come to the son's, your son's funeral and insult you in your face because they know there's a chance you'll rear, rear back and, and suck them. What happened was in, in the Connecticut court hearing, the deposition, Alex provided more deposition than any other hearing of the type ever in the state's history. Hmm. But because there was like one or two emails that he couldn't find or couldn't provide, the judge said, oh, it's pretty obvious you're guilty. You're guilty. Never mind. Move on to the compensatory. It's another corrupt judge. Wow. Yeah. 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 So that does that mean all the judge just said you're guilty. So it's not true that he didn't make an argument or was that just in the Texas case? Well, I don't know why I've heard that. No, the Texas case was based on the guilty verdict in the Connecticut. Uh, Oh, okay. So uh, with all the papers he he brought forward that he did find, what did the judge not consider them because he couldn't find those couple emails or whatever? It was something like that. He had testified for like two, three days straight in in this deposition, but that wasn't good enough. Hmm. Nothing was good enough, basically. It didn't matter. So basically the whole thing was fixed from the get-go is what it sounds like. It sounds it. So it was an attack on free speech at the base level. And now it's just, so this is just the hearing for the media. Yeah, to allow them to dance on Alex Jones's grave, essentially. Uh-huh, right. you know, Alex Jones, you lose. But the reality is everybody is losing because Alex yeah. Jones is being punished for things he said, not things he did. Right. He didn't threaten these people. There's no evidence presented that he ordered those people to threaten or to intimidate these families. Why isn't the government going after the specific people that went to these people and said that they peed on, like, investigate that yeah. instead of Alex Jones? So a couple things about this hearing. The reason he said he wasn't allowed to defend himself is because the judge said that if you say certain things, you're going to be held in contempt. Mm. So he had to refuse to take the stand because any answer other than yes or no, and he would be held in contempt and go to jail. Wow. Wow. So he couldn't even take the stand in his own hearing. And um, uh, one of the other things is, of all the people that testified, not one of them testified to the fact that they heard him say that he denied the Sandy Hook happened. But not didn't he deny it, though? I mean, isn't that pretty had, pretty, pretty well, much true? I was listening to him back then, mm-hmm. and you know, he questioned it a little bit, but no. He never really denied it. He was kind of like, I don't know, people died. That's kind of hard. He said there's false flags and there was problems with it. I mean, David Icke has been banned from Twitter for like a decade. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's again because they these companies believe that they can get away with doing these things to these relatively small personas. I mean, David Icke has a, a large following, no doubt, certainly larger than Free Talk Live and Alex Jones as well. But Jones isn't on, you know, he's not Rush Limbaugh. He doesn't have the, the same level of influence. He doesn't have the same level of uh, fandom or whatever out there. And he certainly doesn't have as much, as much money. Uh, so he's easier to go after. He, you know, he's he's an easier target. Rush Limbaugh aspect. is dead. Rush Limbaugh is dead. You're right about that. Uh, but Jones has never reached that level. I mean, when we were uh, we were on the same network as Alex Jones, we had more radio stations than he did. Now that doesn't mean much because he's had way more internet listeners than we did. But as far as mainstream popularity, 
he would never be able to be carried on a lot of mainstream radio stations. Well, that's just because they're yeah taking that out on him. Right, and that's what I mean. They're taking it out on him first. They want to go after the unpopular people before they go you know after people like Kanye West or whatever. Now even Kanye West is being persecuted now just not with lawsuits at this point yeah uh but they uh, apparently chase bank came this week and told him they were going to shut down his business bank account and this is ostensibly because he's been making comments online that are supposedly not popular and so he's being uh he's being outed for that and, and punished for that and we've heard all about the paypal thing recently where paypal wants to shut uh what they want to find people twenty five hundred dollars for Passing misinformation. misinformation. Yeah, they walked that one back the next day after, the, after people blew up about it. They walked back the misinformation, but they didn't walk back hate speech or well, yeah, they still have discrimination. A who, is, who is a private entity to fine anyone? It was interesting the word fine yeah. was the... Are they trying to tell us something? Are they actually just a government entity? It's are they a bank? Apparently something they've had in their terms of service for some time. According to NBC News, the annual U.S. inflation rate was little changed in September, hitting 8.2% year-over-year compared with August 8.3%, reading as the pace of price increases remains at multi-decade highs, causing pain for many households. High prices for food, shelter, and medical care sent the consumer price index for September up by 0.4% compared to August 0.1%. I think that's the other index there's like a there's one that factors out energy costs or something that has gone up quote unquote from last month to this and then the one that factors in energy costs went down by 0.1% if i recall but isn't correctly. it always like putting it up against the same month the year before so it's not that it's up since august it's that this month it has grown more than the same month the year before and August has grown more than the year, the August before, right? You may be right about that. Honestly, Bonnie, I I don't know how they calculate these things. Because when someone says it's up from last month, it's not really accurate. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'll definitely take your word on it. I uh, like I said, I I don't. I'm not a uh, financial expert on these matters. I just kind of look at the numbers I'm given, and that's about all I can do. But shadow stats. Uh, according to shadowstats.com, they have an update here based on the third quarter CPI. There's Social Security cost of living adjustment. Headline increases 8.7% for payments beginning January 2023. Per the Shadow Stats alternate estimate, it would have been 17% had the calculations not been redefined following the spikes in 1980 and 1981. So that's what Shadow Stats does. They take the old calculation methods and they uh, they run those old methods on the current statistics, and they find out what the actual old numbers would have been, which were a little more honest. They probably were still dishonest in 1980, probably, but a little more honest than they are today. So they found it; uh, they're finding it to be 17 percent, and they're comparing that uh, year to year. In the previous month, they say August was at an alternate estimate of 16.4 percent. So they're saying it's up. Another economic uh, energy-related story. Did you guys hear that uh, Saudi Arabia has revealed the Biden administration contacted them and asked them to hold off on cutting back their production for one month? 
Oh, really? Mm-mm. Yeah, that's the big, some of the big news today is that apparently, I don't know if it was Joe Biden himself or one of his people contacted Saudi Arabia and they knew that apparently that OPEC was going to cut oil production, but they asked them, begged them to hold off until after the midterms. Oh, I see. I was like, why one month? These I see. politicians and all their, all their lackeys are just the dirtiest people in the world. Absolute filth. And they didn't, obviously. OPEC went ahead and cut the production. They didn't do what the Biden administration wanted to wanted them to. They Seems cut like it. They also immediately. Uh, revealed that the Biden administration asked them that. Right. So, so it makes, makes them look pretty bad. I suspect it's not going to have much of an effect on the election because... The two sides are so entrenched. You know, you, you get the Democrats are going full on. Abortion is their top issue. You get the Republicans going, oh, we're going to somehow save the economy when, you know, they were still printing money under the Trump administration. Yep. So it's not like anybody should believe. Yeah, the, word first, the first free money giveaways were under Trump, weren't they? Exactly. That's right. And they were bo- voted for by both sides. Mm-hmm. And the faulty vaccine was first promoted under Trump yeah, and Trump, by Trump. Trump uh, fast tracked it. Remember, he was patting right. himself on the back for Warp that. speed. I've got an editorial piece from that very Russ Ulbricht, written from behind bars in federal prison where he was sentenced to two life sentences plus 40 years. He's been in for 10 years now. That's well, correct. Started his 10th year. Yeah, I think he was arrested in 2013. Yeah, 2013, October of 2013, if I recall correctly. It was about two years after the start of the Silk Road. They, uh, they arrested him and he's been behind bars ever since, sadly. Uh, and it's really tragic because it's, it's criminal. Yeah, because he actually helped people. He actually helped save lives, in my opinion, because the Silk Road took the dangers of the black marketplace, which can include getting robbed when you're just trying to buy, you know, some cannabis or whatever. It can include getting fake product from dealers, unscrupulous dealers. It can include even paying. like uh, danger for the dealers, like not getting yeah. shot out by a, another group of people who were yeah. yeah selling drugs uh and so having the silk road changed the entirety of the black market and made it a lot safer because now you could buy buy your drugs without taking the insane risks of meeting some guy in a sketchy parking lot or a back alley or something like that well the government should have just thanked him for helping with the war on drugs right helping make uh drugs more safe and yeah things they like should that, have. right he, he deserves an award, honestly, for the work that he did. An actual Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, yeah. Instead, they're giving it to Ben Bernanke. Yeah, which, that's genius. <laughs> so, uh, isn't Bernanke. he like a banker from the Federal Reserve? He, he, he was, was the top... Uh, was what the was chairman. The, the chairman, yeah, the board. On October 1st, 2022, I started my 10th year locked in this cage. Right now, as I put pen to page, the afternoon sun beams through the bars of my window and the murmur of the other prisoners snakes under my cell door. Over the years, I've heard people say all kinds of things about Bitcoin. I've heard that Bitcoin is dead and that Bitcoin is the future. I've heard that Bitcoin is bad for the environment and that Bitcoin will set us free. But I've noticed that Bitcoin doesn't seem to care what we say about it. Not the exchange, of course. That's driven by the whims of people like all financial markets. I'm talking about Bitcoin itself. Bitcoin doesn't have ears. What we say doesn't change it. Barring a society-level catastrophe, Bitcoin will keep adding a block every 10 minutes forever. That's the point. Through all the ups and downs since Bitcoin's birth more than 13 years ago, despite the hype, despite the naysayers, despite everything, Bitcoin has never faltered. He says, I can't say the same for myself. But then again... Wait, before you go on, 
I just want to say that, you know, that's a really beautiful description of Bitcoin. It reminds me of like just like natural law mm-hmm. doesn't care what you think about it. It's going to, you know, dispense karma the way that needs to be dispensed, just like Bitcoin. It's, you know, it's not something that can be controlled by a government because they want it to work a certain way. No, nope, it's going to continue doing the thing that it does, whether they like it or not. Uh, and they are going to try their best to control the people who use Bitcoin. But I think the point is here that the technology, the protocol, the programming will continue to run as long as there are humans out there who are willing to run it. And right now there's, ten, I believe, over 10,000 people running Bitcoin full nodes last time I saw the numbers. He says, I can't say the same for myself, but then again, I am merely human. A couple of years after Bitcoin got started, I made the biggest mistake of my life. I made Silk Road, an anonymous online market. Of course, at the time, I didn't know it was a mistake. I thought it was a great idea. I thought I was putting Bitcoin to good use and giving people privacy and freedom. When illegal drugs were listed, I thought that was okay too, because I believe drugs should be legalized. Never mind that they were outlawed, and I was risking everything that I held dear. And I get it. I get why he believes that this was a mistake. Obviously, he's in prison for the rest of his life. How could he think anything besides you know that particular viewpoint? But the reality is what he did was a huge step forward for the marketplace. And uh, anybody who has used the black market, who has used any of these sites that are like the Silk Road that have sprung up over the years, you have Ross Ulbricht to thank for making that technology available, for, for making it popular and inspiring all of the copycats that have come to fill his shoes since. By the way, none of which have been sentenced as harshly. When they've taken down other websites that are like the Silk Road, these other guys are getting nearly nothing by comparison. I mean, maybe five, ten years. Ross is in prison for two life sentences plus 40 years. So, you know, there's a huge discrepancy between how he was sentenced compared to basically everyone else in the same industry. Incalculable how much good he's done for the world with the amount of Bitcoin spreading that the Silk Road did. Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. Bitcoin never faltered. Through the rise and fall of Silk Road, through the relentless years of my incarceration, through competition and catastrophe, Bitcoin keeps going one block at a time like clockwork. As Bitcoin has marched on, I've struggled to rejoin the world outside of my cage. Year after year, my family, friends, supporters, and I have been working toward my freedom so I can have a second chance at life, but I'm tired. I'm burned out. I want this nightmare to end, and I don't know if it ever will, no matter how hard we work at it. 
Before I came to prison, I knew nothing of hard drugs. Since then, I've been locked in 8 by 10 foot cells with lifelong addicts for months on end. I have heard their stories and seen what has become of them. I have faced the fact that by making Silk Silk Road, I played a role in damaging many lives. And Ross, that is just not true. Not true. true. My older brother that I love very much has been addicted to meth for more than a decade. He's tried to kill himself with it. And I have seen firsthand what it's done to his family and my family. And it's still his choice. It's not his drug. I'm never one of those people who are like, oh, these evil drug dealers dealing drugs for my brother. It's his choice. He's making the choice to take it all the time. Um, he goes to rehab and supposedly gets better and then gets back on meth. It's 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 a horrible like cycle. And I'm not trying to blame him for getting addicted or anything like that. And I love him very much, but I would never say that if he bought it off the Silk Road that it would be Ross Ulbricht's fault instead of his own fault. Right. I get why he's saying that. Maybe he feels like he needs to say it to get out of jail Well, that's or just whatever. speculation. If that's the case, then I support him saying that all day. You know, if, if he thinks that's going to get him out of the can, I want to see that kid out of the I can. I do, too, and I, I don't blame him for that. I don't care what he says to get Same himself out with, of there. Do it. with Elaine Brown. You know, she Same she, thing. She ate crow, and she made it sound like she had changed her mind about paying taxes, and they let her out. They let her out of the cage. Uh, so maybe it'll work for him. I don't know. But what he's saying is just not true. The people who used the drugs that they bought on the Silk Road would have bought them in the streets. Yep, yep. Exactly. And then they would have been facing a lot worse conditions. They co- they probably would have gotten fake drugs on a lot of cases. Those would be one of those worse conditions because yep. when you buy drugs in the street, you are not buying from someone who's subject to open market competition. Joe Biden's a monster, and he's the one of the king drug warriors. And just because Joe Biden has decided to pardon all of the marijuana possession cases at the federal level recently, and he should be praised for that, no doubt about it, that doesn't mean that the war on drugs is going to end. Should he really be praised for letting some of the people get pardoned that he was responsible for having their lives ruined in the first place and not even all of them not even all well, of the drugs it would be and- nice if he said he was sorry but you're not going to get that from politicians i mean kamala harris is completely ignoring the fact that she herself put marijuana users in prison uh, a lot in, of them in california and now she's acting like oh this shouldn't have happened well she didn't apologize so yeah they don't have a they don't have a heart uh, this is just a political move. The this psychopaths. Is a, this is a political maneuver to help the Democrats win some votes in the midterms. That's all it is. But it does result in a few thousand people having this conviction wiped off. Well, I, I heard that there weren't actually any convicts to set free. No, of course not. This is just possession charges. Right. So you get a federal possession charge. You probably get a fine and you know they set you loose. They arrest How you. How do you, you get loose. a federal possession charge? Go walk up to a uh, federal agent at any park, any federal park, and you will be arrested on a military base. Holding a marijuana. Oh, military cigarette. base. Aha. Uh-huh. Not just military someone... bases, but if you're at a federal park anywhere that's a federal, like you're at uh, the Washington D.C. at a monument or something like that, any federal property, if you're caught with marijuana, that's a possession charge. So we believe that he saved lives through creating this particular product, but we understand that. Ross isn't going to help his chances to get out by bragging about the lives that he saved and pointing out the technology that he brought actually improved the the black market and improved safety, improved and, and again, likely made people survive rather than die.
So he goes on. He says that uh, how could I, he say, how, how could I promote the use of drugs if I would be horrified to learn that someone I loved became addicted? All I would think of is the men I've come to know whose lives who have been ruined. Well, look, there's no such thing as just promoting the use of drugs. I, I don't know anyone who wants to end the war on drugs whose opinion is, yeah, just do them all. Yeah, just do every drug and there's nothing wrong with doing any drug. Right. There's some drugs are like all drugs are not created equal. Some drugs are better than others. Some drugs have certain purposes in life. And many of those things we haven't yet really discerned because science hasn't really had a chance to study these things in any significant way. There's been a few studies here and there that have suggested that psychedelic mushrooms might help people break addictions to alcohol. But no matter what, if if there's somebody proving that or not, it's your God-given birthright to discover that yourself and to Absolutely. It's all yours. work with these uh, medicines yourself. But I'm just saying there's no one out there who's just across the board that I've ever known. You know, even some of the, the biggest drug users I've ever known still have their preferences. Right? They they like some, but they don't like others, and they mm-hmm. have their reasons for that. So what I was saying, we we haven't yet uncovered the benefits of many of these drugs. We've we've seen little hints about it. So we know that uh, psychedelics like mushrooms, for instance, can help people defeat depression. Mm-hmm. Like end depression, that's and PTSD. Huge. PTSD also. Sure, I would like to see how it works against uh, like things like dementia and uh, you know Alzheimer's and right. You know when it, what mushrooms say, say if if you don't have any experience with things like that, I'll tell you one thing that they definitely do these hallucinogens. They make your brain flex like a muscle. Again, Ross, when you advocate for drug use, you're not. Do, no one does that. You're just saying, hey. We should have the freedom to use these things. We should be able to experiment with them. We should be able to figure out what they do. Mm -hmm. We should be able to use them for specific purposes without having to ask permission. At the very least, we shouldn't be or have our lives ruined for Mm -hmm. possessing even the worst of drugs. Like, you're already choosing to ruin your life if you're on meth. Yeah. Prison isn't going to help you. Nope. It's going to make things worse because now you don't have a job. Now you don't have a home. And when you get out, you probably don't have many friends left. If the government you can't, you can't vote. You don't have any gun rights. Right. You can't even. You can't sit jury duty. You can't. Right. I. I mean, it doesn't help at all. Like putting people in prison is not rehabilitative. It's hobbling. If anything, they serve their term and then not even hold Americans when they get out again. Uh, final paragraph from Ross. He says, "I've been through my many phases during my imprisonment: hopelessness, fear, guilt, acceptance, boredom, feverish depression, and all the while, Bitcoin keeps going." Today, I take inspiration from Bitcoin. I will keep going, day by day, just taking the next step over and over. I will keep adding the next block. Either I will regain my freedom, or at the end of the light of my life, I can look back and say, at least I tried. a boy. If you want to help Ross, one thing you can do is sign the petition at freeross.org. It's been up for many years. If you've already signed it, it's the same petition. If you've already signed it, share it. Get the word out there about his case, and maybe if enough people can get behind him, maybe some politician, probably not going to be Joe Biden, but maybe the next one, will look at this case and uh, give him clemency. Or write Joe Biden and tell him that that's what would help him uh, in the midterms for you. Mm, That's a good point. That is an approach. Uh, So check him out at freeross.org. If you're new to the case, if you don't know anything about Ross Ulbricht or the Silk Road, 
You can do a lot of digging on that website. There's a lot of really well-researched information that will tell you the story from the tragic, the whole tragic story from beginning to end that uh, includes insane levels of corruption by federal government agents, mm-hmm. two of whom went to prison themselves. FBI over guys, this. right? Yeah, well, and that rarely no. even happens. That's how bad it was. That's how bad. Yeah, one of them was Secret Service, and I believe the other one might have been DEA or FBI. I forget oh, which. so so either way, it's, yeah. I mean, if you know, there's no possible way that Ross could have been framed for any of this when two of the investigators that were railroading him went to prison themselves. Yeah, that doesn't throw any evidence into question or anything. It doesn't throw any red flags in my life at all. So we just read a letter from, a blog post from Ross Ulbricht, which was posted on his Medium account at medium.com. It was uh, rossulbricht.medium.com. This was written over at moneyandstate.com by a longtime supporter and fan uh, listener of Free Talk Live, Eric Voorhees. He is the founder of uh, a, a great cryptocurrency company called shapeshift which interestingly decentralized itself last year they were a centralized corporation and shapeshift decided that they wanted to become a decentralized autonomous organization so and eric, they can do that because they're shapeshifters and uh, eric is no longer in charge as a result of that so he used to be the ceo and now he's just eric Voorhees, who's one of many holders of the uh, the shapeshift fox tokens that's a whole other story about the success story of that company becoming no longer a corporation and becoming a decentralized autonomous organization that's not the point of his letter though where he wrote a letter to ross ulbricht which was brought to him via a friend's visit to see him in prison in september he says ross has been caged double life sentence plus 40 years for the quote-unquote crime of operating a website which is silk road which enabled consenting adults to buy and sell various drugs deemed illegal by the U.S. government. Silk Road made drug use safer for thousands of people and was one of the early demonstrations of Bitcoin's power to enable peaceful economic interaction. And then he says you can learn more at freeross.org. He says if we refer to ourselves as a society of free individuals, prohibition must end. So this is Eric's letter to Ross. He says, hello, Ross. Perhaps you remember me from several years ago. My name is Eric Voorhees. I've been a Bitcoiner forever and had the great privilege of meeting you back in 2017, I believe, at the prison near Pueblo, Colorado. Your mother was kind enough to make the arrangements. This letter comes to you through Renee, a mutual friend and or rather of one of my good friends, Danielle. I received from you a letter months later, and it remains a treasured possession sitting in my desk drawer. For myself, Danielle, and our entire circle of close friends, your story and your struggle remain frequently in our thoughts. I can imagine the feeling from inside prison is one of being forgotten, wondering whether those on the outside remember who or where you are. Well, we absolutely do. We speak of you often at our barbecues, we lament your imprisonment, we discuss your bravery, and we wonder if someday, somehow, you'll be released. Back when we met, I told you that what you did inspired a great many people, and indeed kickstarted a revolution in how human beings interact economically. I know your goal was to demonstrate peaceful interaction among humans, reforming an otherwise chaotic and dangerous market. You accomplished this despite the horrible consequences which befell you afterward. As they say, uh, as my own comment, there's uh, you know no good deed goes unpunished, and the government of the federal government in the United States is punishing him harder than anyone else in his position. 
if you're behind bars, I mean, thankfully I've never gone to prison, but I've been in jail for a few months of my life, several probably at this point. But uh, but if you've been behind bars, you know, it's like time is going slowly. You're 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 actually transported to the past in a lot of ways because you can only get your news from newspapers or television news. Like you're restricted to all the old media. And if you're lucky, you've got a friend on the outside that might print out some stories for you from that you might find interesting from some other news source besides the county newspaper or whatever. Because that's otherwise, that's all you get. And, of course, they're not reporting on Bitcoin 99% of the time. And if they are, it's probably a story about how Bitcoin's dead or whatever. So that's, that's what you're going to get from the mainstream media. So, of course, Ross Ulbricht is – I suspect people are sending him stories in, in there, but he's pretty disconnected. All that considered. Maybe we should do a mail to jail for Ross Albrecht and rally the troops and get everybody to send him a little something. It's always a good idea. The address is over at freeross.org. I mean, it's pretty easy to, to send a mail. So please do. I'm sure he'd appreciate hearing from you, even if he doesn't know who you are, even if, you know, you don't, you know, you're not some superstar or whatever, and you're just a person who cares about him. It's just nice to get mail from anybody. When Ian was in jail, inside. it was really sad how many people told me, like, listen, I started trying to write him something, and I just couldn't think of anything. And it's just like, you can write, I mean, just imagine having nothing to do and receiving a letter just about what somebody did throughout their day and what they thought about whatever they felt like talking yeah. about. It's just like better than fine. nothing. Absolutely. So he says, uh, first on Bitcoin, he says, I can't believe to describe to you or can't begin rather to describe to you the phenomenon that has been unleashed upon the world. Bitcoin is big. It's a market worth hundreds of billions of dollars with tens of billions traded on a daily basis. It is hard to find a person today who isn't a little familiar with it. Everyone knows the name. Hundreds of millions can describe the basics of what it is and tens of millions around the world own some and cherish it. Nearly every government has talked about it, written papers on it, tried to regulate various aspects of its use, and pretended to nurture its innovation while also pretending not to smother it. The scale of what has unfolded is immense, and it's become a true David versus Goliath story, one through which we have only thus enjoyed the first few chapters. And Bitcoin has inspired an entire industry and ecosystem of similar technologies built on similar principles, that money and finance should be open, immutable, borderless, and free from central control. He just wanted to share with him also another success, and that is that the American perspectives on drug use is finally changing. He says, you're certainly aware that marijuana is legal in many states already, as in fully recreationally legal. It sits on store shelves, and civilized individuals walk in, compare prices, brands, and potencies, talk with friendly counter staff, purchase nicely packaged product, and walk out. It is peaceful, it is cooperative, and these are rarely drug addicts ruining their lives, but rather normal individuals who enjoy the experience of altered states of consciousness in various forms. Within a decade, I believe marijuana will be legal federally in the United States. And maybe they took the first step this week, by the way, with the uh, Biden administration, Biden announcing he was pardoning all federal cannabis possession cases. So everybody who's been convicted of possession, simple possession, not a huge deal, but it's still something. It's something the feds have never done in the history of the war on drugs. And in addition, he did request that his administration investigate changing the scheduling of cannabis. 
Now, they're just investigating. They haven't actually changed it. So, in theory, you can still get arrested for possession of cannabis if you're on a, like a federal park or something like that. But maybe these things are starting to change at the federal level. He says, uh, so he thinks it'll be legal federally in the U.S. Perhaps all those innocent people locked in cages for their non-crimes will be released. It is feasible. But beyond marijuana, there are exciting developments in the medical research of various psychedelics as well as MDMA. Reputable scientific institutions are running studies revealing shockingly positive results. MDMA is being recognized not only as a successful treatment for afflictions like PTSD, but actually as perhaps the single best treatment ever revealed. In many cases, people have been outright cured through these treatments. People's lives are being saved by these drugs. And psychedelics are showing similar strong effects in treating various psychological afflictions. He says, beyond the medical research, a book and documentary series by Michael Pollan has gone mainstream called How to Change Your Mind. This book presents the history of the science of psychoactive drugs in the U.S., how it was smothered out despite promising results, and how this research is finally coming back to the United States and Europe over the last decade. All such drugs remain Schedule 1 in the U.S., meaning that they have, quote-unquote, no medical value. This dubious classification is misguided to the point of absurdity, and it must break at some point. The data is too strong, the scientific and cultural momentum becoming too great. And too many people know about it now. I mean, it's just like it's always been there. The scientific evidence has always been there, but it's just most people didn't know about it. Unfortunately, Ross isn't on our platform. He is still on Twitter, um, but he does post there fairly regularly. I think it's Real Ross U. I believe it's How his does handle. he post? He you know, sends his post to his family or and somebody does it for you know, him. his mom or his sister. Or so he's not like allowed that. to have a cell phone in there or anything like that? No, they don't, they don't let you do that stuff. Hmm. I mean, I thought that some prisoners have them, but they're not supposed to. No, I thought that like uh, you, you can get a tablet. Like Yeah, you can get tablets in some prisons. I don't know if the feds are doing tablets. Well, isn't Chris Cantwell in a federal prison? Or is it state? He is. He's in a federal prison. Yeah, he has tablets sometimes. Tablet access sometimes. Okay. According to his friend. I did not know that. That's good news for him, I guess. Uh, They usually charge you through the nose for accessing things like this, but I think prisons and jails are realizing that they can pacify their prisoners more if they just allow them some niceties like that. You know, they're more likely to be happy if they can send a text message to somebody at home. If you've experienced having access to the internet Suddenly being not allowed to have access to the internet is just like torture, honestly. Like, sounds silly, but like, I don't know, when the feds stole my phone, I just felt so like the world was really, really awful mm. until I got a phone back. <laughs> well, you have to also remember, well, not even back, though they'll give, you a, they'll give you a tablet, but it's not internet access. You don't have unfettered uh, web access on these systems. Well, you know, the saying, uh, imitation is a serious form of flattery. And apparently, there is now uh, an attempt at forming a free state project in Canada. Yeah, I've heard about this. Is this the one in uh, the the little not island, but that place like all the way to the east next to Maine? Newfoundland, Nova Scotia. Oh, Nova Scotia. It, it's New Brunswick. That's it. Brunswick. New Brunswick. Has a population. It has a population of about eight hundred thousand. Okay. So it, um, you know, that's. It is half the size of New Hampshire, but the hmm. number of Canadians is so much smaller than the number of New Hampshireites. I mean, sorry, yeah, the number of Canadians is so much smaller than the number of Americans to pick from that they'll have, they'll have fewer people to pick from than, than we did. Mm-hmm. But it's very closely modeled on the Free State Project, and I guess they have Free State Free Stater advisors. Um, 
Uh, they, it looks like they didn't have an election to decide which state they would use. They only had 10 provinces to pick from, and it may have been kind of obvious. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think there was some indication that maybe Alberta should have been picked, or some people might think Alberta should have been picked. And they, they try to address that. But the Isn't Alberta's, that a big one? Have, yeah, Alberta's huge. I mean, at least with New Brunswick, I'm looking at the map here, it looks like it might be about the same size, maybe slightly smaller than Maine. So it is still a much larger landmass than New Hampshire is, but way smaller than most of the uh, the Canadian provinces. I like yeah. hearing this because it's it's hard. To, we have uh, hundreds of Canadians that want to move to New Hampshire, the Free State Project, but it's very, very difficult for them mm-hmm. to get out of their own country. Well, one thing I noticed, too, is that, you know, I've been in the Free State movement since 2002, and I've been in New Hampshire since 2004, and I've only met, to my knowledge, one Canadian, a Quebecois gal, uh, and I've never met anyone else here here in the movement from canada so i guess not like it's not like a spigot's going to be turned off because we don't have one going right now well for one thing i was going to say when you first brought this up is just like aren't people going to like when are people going to realize that this is a thing that shouldn't be duplicated because everybody should go to the same place but one thing about canada is it's harder to immigrate so maybe these are just a group of people that literally can't immigrate to the united states so therefore they're Doing their own thing up there kind of makes sense. Which I think is fantastic. My my only question is how are they going to get away from the... Because they don't really function like states and the federal government of the United States do. That like how, how are they going to have to pull New Brunswick completely out of the federal government of Canada in order to successfully pull this off, right? Well, we would have to pull out of the federal government of the United States. Yeah. Is that the same, though? Yeah, I don't know what the process would be. I mean, our plan here was to just put it up to a vote of the people and say, bye-bye, yeah, you know, later. declare our independence. Yeah. Uh, if they have the, you know, the, the numbers and they have the, I guess, the, the stick-to-itiveness, you know, the gumption to do this, I mean, they're not, probably not going to roll troops in there, are they? I mean, what are the odds? That well, they the did it in Ontario know. to the truckers. That's right. They well, rolled troops yeah, but, in there. But, they did. They didn't do it to Quebec when Quebec tried to become independent. They handled it pretty. The central government handled it pretty responsibly. And even though, like on paper, Canada has less freedom than the United States, but in practice, they've become they've been becoming more decentralized. The provinces have been gaining more power over the years, and the central mm-hmm. government's been. You know, I don't know so much about the last ten years, but but as of ten years ago, that was pretty much true, as I understand it. I'm just really proud of myself. I already mailed in my ballot today. Well, so, pat yourself on the back. Yeah, I yeah, just I'm just always nervous though. I'm a, like a nitpick, you know. I'm always afraid that I did something wrong, but I did sign it. I did put my name and I filled out the address. Was it all Democrats that you voted for? Well, yeah, that the ballot is very peculiar because. Uh, they want you to retain. Do you want to retain this judge? And every single one of the eight judges were all Democrats. Did so, you vote for was, Monica M. M. Monica Zamora? Sorry, M. Monica Zamora. Yeah, the one that David hates so much. Yeah, that I always vote for her. Same. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. So, so but, Sarah, I mean, why do you okay. think anyone cares that you voted by mail? Why, why should anybody care? I just, I'm just saying that I'm proud of New Mexico that it's available to us. And uh, this year, it's, um, 
it's uh, you could just i mean it has blue um it's distinctive it, couldn't you, could you do it before this year wasn't it always a possibility and it's called an absentee ballot i mean those things have been around forever Right, but you know what? I got mine as soon as they mailed mailed it out. They mailed it out. I don't know. I got mine the eleventh, and then the next day I'm just mailing it in right right afterwards. So the the last day to mail it in is you know November eighth. So I I'm done. I've got it done. I'm just really proud of myself. And yeah, you have to understand, Sarah doesn't work. So oh, I understand. This is you know an accomplishment. How does one live if they don't work? Welfare theft. You just stealing. Well, no, I have no, other people steal for welfare. her. Disability is welfare. Okay. Tulsi Gabbard, she made the news this week. She says she's leaving the Democratic Party. This is according to WashingtonExaminer.com, denouncing lawmakers on the left for promoting policies that she says, quote, racialize every issue and stoke anti-white racism. In a video announcement released Tuesday, Gabbard called on other members of the party to abandon the Democratic Party, accusing the left of only protecting the, quote, powerful elite. Unquote. She says it's not clear, or rather it's not clear, what party Gabbard plans to join next or if she intends to remain independent. Quote, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that is now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness. Now? Do- Wait, it has been under the control of, of that cabal forever. And it's just like she purposely used those words to like signal to the right to, the right. to vote I, for I, her. I agree. It's just like trashy it's like internet ghetto slang well and this is again like two days after videos came out of her running through like a gun maze where gun training where she's firing weapons and and you know being badass or whatever she's totally pandering to the right and it's like people who didn't know that she's a gun rights infringer might think oh she's just always been cool on guns but no not at all nope hasn't at all she believes in quote-unquote common sense gun control and yeah. called for it right after uvalde this year and uh oh it was that recent yeah and people are immediately forgetting that wow. well isn't she claiming she's changing her opinion she didn't even come right out and give any actual details at Typical. all or any like stance she just put out a video of her mm-hmm. uh you know in tight pants doing gun things and then said oh there's a cabal and I'm an oh, independent-minded yeah. Democrat. I bet those uh, I bet those Republicans are getting all hot and bothered I'm about her. I'm sure. They're going well, right into Sarah Palin territory mm. again. That's so funny. That's exactly what I said. That's exactly what Ian said. Now that's oh, what you it? said to you. And uh, <laughs> LPNH was even Virgin posting about her the other day. No. They posted Didn't a picture they of her. It, it, they immediately deleted it after I said that they were Virgin posting. <laughs> they posted a picture <laughs> job, of her bon. Her. Put those guys in their place. Looking really big, and they said, if she wants to walk back gun control, we're happy to support her and watch. <laughs> Look, if she's changing her position, that's good, but you're saying, Bonnie, you have not seen any sort of change of position. Nothing substantial. Out of her. Right. So she probably still supports various different government regulations, just like conservatives do, by the way. Very few conservatives are calling for the abolishment of federal gun laws. Yep. They're just saying, oh, well, we don't need more gun laws. Right. But they're fine with the existing 20,000 or whatever. No, they're not they, interested in moving the Overton window. They don't want to abolish the ATF. They don't want to re- restrict you know, the FBI. It's all a bunch of hot air. They're but clowns. The, she is a politician, so you can consider this a bunch of hot air as well. I just want to know what makes these politician types tick. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. 
If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.